SMB Wisdom acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands upon which we have recorded this podcast today. We pay our respects to Elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Hello and welcome to the SMB Wisdom podcast, coming to you from the land of the Yuggera and Turrbal people. My name is Alice Rue and I'm a partner at SMB Advisory, the proud sponsors of this podcast. The SMB Wisdom Podcast is a forum to provide value tips for business owners from an extended network of experts on their topics of expertise. I'm so very blessed to have an amazing network of people who are fabulous at what they do. They might be accountants, lawyers, business owners, or any number of individuals that day in, day out, deal with the issues and problems that can plague small and medium business owners and come up with solutions, outcomes, and results to assist It's now my mission to bring some of this knowledge to small and medium business owners to assist them in making their good businesses great and their great businesses fabulous. Now on with today's episode. Well, hello again, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for our latest SMB Wisdom International Women's Day Showcase. We're doing these ad hoc throughout March uh, in 2023. As you're no doubt aware, International Women's Day is celebrated on the 8th of March, and this year the theme is Embrace Equity. As part of many International Women's Day celebrations, we have a month-long showcase of some of the amazing women I know and have worked with or alongside in various fields to show just how amazing women can be. As an insolvency practitioner, I do like to look at the learnings that come about from businesses or ventures that might find themselves in distress in order to advise others on how to attempt to mitigate against making similar mistakes in the future. And in the same vein, I like to look to my colleagues, contacts and friends to hear what they've learned from their different experiences as I think it builds towards a wealth of knowledge. And this is why in this series, I'm talking with a number of amazing women to hear about their career journeys, the roles of mentors and sponsors in their careers and any advice that they have for others in similar circumstances. Today, I'm speaking with Helen Kay from Rise Legal. Helen is the Managing Director of Rise Legal, an experienced business lawyer who is passionate about helping business owners avoid unnecessary risks by providing tailored commercial legal advice. Helen takes the time to really consider her clients' unique circumstances because she knows that business owners rely on commercial lawyers to help them avoid unnecessary risks. Hello and welcome, Helen. Hi, Alice. How are you? Really well. Well, thanks for being here today. Now, um, can I ask today, start off by asking you what traditional land you're coming to us from? Yes, yeah, I understand I'm coming from traditional Yungamba territory. Yeah, down on the Gold Coast today. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, thanks for that. Now, Helen, we've heard your bio. We know that you're the managing director of RISE, you're a business lawyer, um, sort of you're running your show over there, but can you let us know, how did you get to be where you are? Can you tell us a little bit about your career progression? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a little bit old, so I won't go right back to the beginning, but I think the most um, critical place to start would probably be um, coming over to Australia. So you can probably hear by my accent that I'm not um, Australian (laughs) born and bred. Um, So I do hail from the UK, Uh, but I was brought over to Perth um, many, many years ago um, in 2006 by Freehills, now called Herbert Smith Freehills. So one of the sort of larger, what we call top tier law firms. Um, didn't know who on earth they were when we came over here, but um, was very fortunate to get an interview with them and they waited four months for me to go back and sort my affairs out and then come over. So a wonderful opportunity um, to sort of come and make a new life for myself and my husband. And then, you know, then the kids that eventually came in Perth. 
Um, so that's kind of the start point of what is now an Australian law career. Um, I've worked in top tiers for quite some years, helping on some amazing deals, some you know big mergers and acquisitions at the forefront of the types of things you'd see on the you know the front page of the uh, the Australian newspapers. Mm. Uh, working with some of the top lawyers, you know your, your Australian lawyer of the year, those kind of people. Mm. Um, and then you know when you have a couple of kids, it, it changes your perspective somewhat. And I couldn't do um, those kind of hours that it was needed to be a, a real success. And, you know, my personality type is that I need to be a success. Mm. So rather than sort of being in an environment where I wasn't the most successful person, I sort of removed myself from the environment and actually started my own law firm, Rice Legal, um, in 2012 in Perth. And that was a lifestyle choice to um, make sure that I could still keep my foot in the door. I think I'll always work, even if I won the lottery. Um, <laughs> and I do, honestly, my husband says, no, no way, of course you won't. I, I think I probably would do. Um, you have to do something. I think you'd go burko. I'm the same. Um, Stephen has me saying that, you know, even when we re retire, he reckons I'll be running the bowls club on a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> like, it's just sort of nothing I can't do. But anyway, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, so I started this this law firm. And I say law firm, if, if this was, um, you know, video, I'd have done air quotes because I guess at the time I didn't really feel as though it was a law firm, even though, you know, I had my, pra my practice management certificate and I was pretty much um, running it on my own from home with a paralegal, a great, very senior paralegal who came and, and worked with me. And, um, you know, we did amazing things, worked on some great deals. But I guess at the time, I really felt like I was a bit of a fraud because I wasn't in one of those big firms. And I felt that everyone could see through me and, you know, real imposter syndrome. Um, and when we made a decision uh, to move over to Queensland, um, I think I just panicked and thought, well, I don't have my network. You know, you need your network. Your network is your net worth, as they say. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, now's the time to go and get what my mum would call a proper job. Mm -hmm. So I'd be like, this is the time to go and, you know, stop stop faffing around with trying to run a business. It's too risky. You know, let's mm -hmm. um, take this as a clean canvas. And so I did. I sold my soul to the devil and went to, I, I did actually end up working with a fabulous law firm, New Law, one word, no gap, New Law. And, and they're fabulous um, over in Sydney, um, commuting quite a lot from Queensland to Sydney. And, and that was great. And that really opened my eyes to like, my goodness, people are doing things differently. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no lever arch files full of printouts. Um, yeah. There was no secretaries taking dictations. There was no, um, you know, lengthy written agreements going out. They were just getting shit done. Mm -hmm. They really were. And it was like, oh my goodness. Okay, so there is another way. And that really opened my eyes. Um, then I ended up getting a partnership role at what I call traditional law, so right mm. back into tr traditional, so even sort of before top tier, like sort of more what I was working with in the UK, back to the, you know, the mahogany desk and the secretary fielding wow. the clients and, you know, everything in paper and, and snail mail and charging for every email. And really a most fantastic thing I could have done because having dipped my toes in top tier and having dipped my toes in new law, this fantastic way of doing things, to then go back and have a refresh on that, it reminded me why we shouldn't be doing any of those things. Those things should have been buried years ago. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where I am today, having re relaunched Rise Legal with all this extra knowledge of, of um, you know, how to do things properly and how not to do things. Oh, isn't that amazing? That's such a good story. And I'm sure you have like stacks of wisdom that flows out of that in terms of the, the difference between what you were doing and how you were doing it earlier. Not, But just pulling out from that um, that new law piece, I think the, the whole part about just getting stuff done 
it's so true. And I think that sometimes we actually just trip over ourselves in trying to um, emulate what we've seen before or we think that there's only one way of doing things and how am I ever possibly going to do it if that's what I have to do? And it's like, well, there's actually, you know, you can manoeuvre the perspective, can't you? There's different ways of doing everything and all you have to concentrate on is getting the stuff done and um, sometimes it just flows from that. Yeah, agreed. And it really is about putting the client at the centre of everything. What's the client's goal and what's the, the best way to achieve that goal? And I know a lot of law firms put it on their website that they're all solutions based and this, that and the other. But if you've got to wait to get an appointment and you've got to um, you know, pay them for every email and then you've got to wait for a 16 page letter of advice before any before you can even make a decision, it's not really helping you get to that end goal. No. No, and it's, and it's costing a lot of money that sometimes can actually be the difference between people getting the advice that they need and them not and ending up in a really quite risky situation. No, I totally agree. Um, Helen, can you talk to me about mentors and sponsors in your journey? How important were mentors and sponsors in terms of your progression and understanding where you wanted to, to go and the like? Oh, that's a really interesting question and you, you sort of asked me that when we caught up the other day at a, a wonderful breakfast mm. and I have given it a bit more thought since then um <clears throat> so I have had you know not official mentors you know you know not the kind of conversation of yeah. can you be my mentor and they agree and it's like a proper structured like um accidental mentors I guess and most of those will be you know partners at the firms I was at who not usually my direct report partner but somebody who took me under their wing and just thought you know this person's got something to give here and they're not receiving it in their team and um, you know one particular one that comes to mind was the managing partner at the firm I was at in in Manchester in the UK um, and he took me under his wing and, and I would do pro bono work with him and he would show me how to do it and he'd take me and he was a very personable person and he'd take me to meet the clients and you know I think I've learned how to behave and how to be respectful from him um, but more recently you know I'd say one of the biggest um, sort of mentors that I've had is a, is a lady who you might know called Clarissa Raywood mm. she's um, a very inspirational family lawyer based in Brisbane but she started a community called Happy Lawyer Happy Life and anyone who's listening to this who is a lawyer, you know, I, I would really reach out to that community, that Happy Lawyer, Happy Life community, and see if it's got anything to offer. Because for me, it's offered a sounding board. Um, I did regular coaching with Clarissa to help me relaunch Rise Legal and also joined a mastermind group. Now, mastermind groups are so powerful. If you can find a group of like-minded people with similar values who genuinely care about your journey, where you're headed, and hold you accountable, that is so powerful. And it's amazing when you get them with the right people, isn't it? I think, you know, we can sometimes think that, um, you know, we need to tick the box. Do I have a mentor? Tick. Do I have a sponsor? Tick. Do I have a mastermind? You know, tick or not. And it is a thing that you need to make sure you have, but you need to make sure you have the right people because you can tick all of those boxes and still not get anywhere if you don't have an affinity with the group or with those people it's really you know sometimes you have to change sometimes you have like many mentors sometimes it's a seasonal thing you have people that you look at for different things but it really is that tuning in and I agree with you in terms of the mastermind issue once you've got a great group locked down um, you can do amazing things Oh, yeah, definitely. I think a group, and a group of women together, power women, you're unstoppable. My mastermind group is 10, 10 lawyers from across the country. We catch up quarterly and, and we're just there for each other. 
It's amazing. Now, my next question is actually about the network of other women that you might have had around you. So do you want to maybe expand on that and let us know sort of what types of networks of women you've had and how you've gained support through those through your career? Yeah, I mean, that has to be the most supportive mm. network of women that I've ever had around me. And so, you know, happy lawyer, happy life. We're a, we're a group. We share our wins. We share our highs and lows. Um, we jump in and help, you know, we, we, um, but that mastermind group, that's where I go. So if I've got an issue, um, you know, I've had a particularly disappointing experience with an older male lawyer, perhaps, which happens quite mm. a lot. And, you know, we'll, I'll jump in there for some sanity checks to say, you know, this is what they're doing. And, you know, some of them will come back and say they're a douchebag. That's that's on them, not on you. And, you know, another ones will be you know, almost pen a response for me. And, you know, it's amazing. It, just, it is. And I think it's particularly, you know, being a business owner, you know, I own Rise Label on my own. Um, my husband is the general manager, so he's, he's brilliant. But on the law side, you know, I don't mm. have another senior partner who I can who I can talk to, and I never will do. Having seen, you know, law firms fall apart, um, yeah. you know, it's unlikely that I'll ever bring somebody in. Uh, it would be a homegrown person that I've brought up through the ranks. Um, but yeah, that, that group of women, they're, they're my sounding board. Um, I really recommend that anyone tries to find that. There's groups you can join. I mean, there's some very expensive programs you can join, you know, and they'll speak to your ego by saying, oh, you've reached this certain level of revenue, therefore you're allowed into our network. And and just query whether, you know, whether it's your ego making that decision, because I've been there, or whether it's actually the right people in that room for you. You know, I'd sit and, and visualize who are these people I need to spend time with? What do they look like? How do they react? You know, what do they do? And then look for those people. Mm. And and from what you're saying, the group that you have um, sort of around you is also very empowering. So not only are they there to sort of, you know, uh, seek guidance from or to sort of support you, but they actually seem to empower you through the whole process as well, um, which means you're obviously you're growing through that that process. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, yeah, there's uh, there's one in particular I reach out to daily and she's just just my sounding board. And I think, you know, I'm, she's, I'm probably not there for her as much as she is for me. And, you know, um, but, you know, she might have somebody that she's there for and, you know, reaches out to her. So I really do think, yeah, I, I couldn't have done this. So when I did Rise Legal the first time, Rise Legal the first, I, I didn't really have that. Um, again, I was struggling with all that imposter syndrome. And, you know, so mm. I never really reached out to anyone and said, you know, can I can we, can you mentor me or can you guide me or can we start a group? And, mm. you know, I was just trying to be this infallible power woman to show the world that I could cope outside of the big firms. And, you know, looking back, I would probably say that I needed that. That's probably one of my downfalls was that I didn't have that. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think that imposter syndrome and, um, you know, just um, am I good enough, that sort of thing, it, it harks to the soul of a lot of us. And I do think it does... Um, to a lot of men as well, but it is just something that sort of sits over us, especially when we are sort of one of few or on our own in a firm and that sort of thing. And I find one of the things I like to do personally, but I also sort of speak with others about is I try and redo my CV every year. Now I'm not going anywhere. I mean, these days I'm doing it as well for sort of board positions and stuff. But if you actually look at what is on your CV and you look at the engagements that you've done and you look at the education that you've undertaken and you look at how long you've been in industry and you look at all of that and you make yourself read it at least once a year, then you sort of remind yourself because I think sometimes we forget 
you know, oh, well, I've actually done that and I have experience in that industry and I did do all of that study and I did that. And it sort of um, allows yourself to to look at it again through fresh eyes and maybe try just that littlest bit uh, to reinforce why you actually really should be in the room. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think to a certain extent, you know, I was saying about how we share our wins in the, in the club, we call it. Um, you know, it, every Friday evening, Clarissa will ask us all, you know, share her win and ask us all what our wins are. And it does... It does force you to sit down and think about what, what went well in that previous week that could have been a complete train wreck. As far as your brain and your, you know, your amygdala is concerned, you know, you've had a train wreck of a week and then just forces you to try and find some good in the week, you know, and you'll, you'll think back and, and you share something and you suddenly think, wow, actually it was a pretty awesome week. And, you know, yeah. you could do that over a whole year, you know, how powerful would that be to try and find all the wins that you've had? We do that in our monthly meeting. We get oh, all good. the staff in and we, I look back and I try and find a win for everybody because I ask them to share their wins, but some of them are still a little bit like, you know, it could be that they've had a work anniversary. It could be that, um, you know, they, they finished a, a big deal that was the first time they've done it and, you know, we just celebrate that. Oh, that's lovely. I think that's a great uh, initiative to have happen and I'm sure that your team really benefit from that. Um, all right, so I guess going back then and I guess before coming to Australia and right back uh, to the start, what do you wish that your younger self knew when you started your career? You mean apart from buying a block of land on the Gold Coast before it got absolutely yeah. astronomical? <laughs> what did they say about self... hindsight? Yeah. <laughs> I wish my younger self had known, you know, just to grab some land on, on the water on the Gold Coast. Um, but, you know, in terms of my career, <laughs> I would say um, that all of the experiences, everything that, you know, you, you went through as your younger self, there was all a, there was a purpose for it. So those bad decisions that were made, so, you know, in particular some of the roles that I took when I moved here to Queensland um, mm. in those traditional law firms, you know, terrible decisions. My, I actually went against my gut. I knew in both interviews that that was not the place for me. Yeah, well, but, you know, you have to have a job, you have to, um, you know, and then they speak to your ego about how you're the best person for the job and all that kind of thing. Um, you know, part of me battles with, you know, I wish I hadn't ever taken that job, but I wouldn't be who I was today if I hadn't, because they, like I say, they taught me how not to do law. Mm, so mm. it backed into a corner in a difficult decision. I'm able to go, what would they do? Think it through and go, right, I'm going to do completely the opposite. Mm. And that is really serving me and, and the legal industry as a whole, I think, is to is to rebel against those um, traditional lawyers who, who really are, are doing things wrong in today's society. So, yeah, so I'd, I'd tell myself, you know, stick it out and, and take everything for the learning that it is. Those bad employment choices will help you learn how to do law properly. And watch how those traditional lawyers are doing things. Watch and learn, girl. Watch and learn how not to do things. Um, you know, don't battle it. Don't fight it because you won't win that battle while you're within the cage. But once you're outside of it, you're going to have the tools then to know how to fight it. No, I love that. And I think it's so true. I mean, they say knowledge is power, right? But you don't know what you don't know. And if you're not mm -hmm. working within organisations like that or you don't actually have the um, understanding that does come about even why things are done, not in the most desirable ways, um, it's hard to then understand why you need to do it differently. Um, and so having that sort of piece um, of knowledge, um, even though it yeah, came about from doing, you know, being in a role that maybe it wasn't what you wanted to be doing at that time, um, really is valuable, isn't it? 
Absolutely. And like just experiencing it, you know, you can't learn this stuff from a book. You've got to, you've got to feel it and experience it, you know, and, and sitting there and watching a partner treat a junior lawyer in such an, you know, a diabolical way. And then having to pick up the pieces with that junior lawyer about, mm. you know, stay in the legal industry, you know, don't do anything stupid. Um, mm. You know, this, this girl is crying in the toilets because she's just been made to feel zero, you know, zero worth. Mm. And to actually be there to sort of try and prop that up and try and fix it is mm. the only way you're ever going to learn how to um, do things differently. So my mission, yeah, as you know, in life is to change the culture within the legal industry in Australia. Um, mm -hmm. I can only tackle Australia. I can't tackle the world. Um, you know, by by sort of building a, a lifestyle law firm that people enjoy working with. And, and the only mm -hmm. way to know how to do that is to, is to know what, what people don't enjoy. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's um, brilliant wisdom. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Helen, role models. Do you have um, many role models, female role models that you um, sort of look at and you know look towards when making your decisions? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so many, and there's so many. You know, the ones that everyone will have, have said, and and we we again we chatted about this at that um, international Women's day breakfast. And and the one thing that came to me, and I said to you, I hope this doesn't sound too egotistical, but my probably my biggest role model for making decisions is what I call the better version of me. So I've done a lot of work with, um, you know, lifestyle, uh, life coaches, etc. And I read, you know, listen to some amazing mindset podcasts. And one of the things that they do tend to say is that you can't achieve your goals unless you're the person you need to be to achieve them. Because if you were the person you need to be, you would have already achieved the goal. Mm -hmm. So in order to get to your goals, you need to become the person you need to be. So one of the exercises that I've, I've done and I do regularly is to sort of step back and meditate and, and determine who is that person that I need to become. What do they look like? What do they wear? What's their morning routine? Um, you know, what sort of work are they doing? How are they interacting? How do they cope in certain circumstances? And that to me has become my role model in terms of making a decision. I'll often think, what would the better version of me do? Love that. That's really um, quite profound, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I we're think so, but... <laughs> No, no, I think it's profound. I actually think um, there's a lot to that. And I really like the piece around you have to be who you are now to get to who you want to be. Because if you wanted to be who you were, who you were going to be, then you wouldn't be doing what you're doing now. Um, exactly. That makes so much sense to me. And it sort of works in a little bit to that whole, you know, you want to. Um, act and be the person that you want to be no you're sort of sitting around wallowing about it is it I think that, being intentional sorry I think that's what I'm waffling on it's about yeah. being intentional and understanding where you want to get um yeah and and using that as your motivation Helen I think that's brilliant thank you for sharing that that's okay. um so finally do you have any advice for young female professionals starting out in their careers oh, goodness. um yeah, I mean, everything we've talked about today, really, in terms of, you know, take everything as a, as a, there's a reason for everything. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes you can't jump ship. If, if something mm. terrible is happening, I mean, call it out, try and try and do something about it. But sometimes you just have to sort of stick it out for a little bit. Mm. And, um, and I'm not talking anything here about, you know, abusive situations or anything. I'm just talking mm. about, you know, if, if you're in a business and you know it's not quite the right culture fit for you, 
then don't make a knee-jerk reaction choice to just up and leave. You know, I'm a strong believer that everything happens for a reason. You know, you're there for a reason and try and find the reason of what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, those traditional law firms, I was there. I think one of my sole reasons to be there was to help save some of these poor junior lawyers from, you know, this, these atrocities that were going on within the firm. Um, and I did, you know, quite thankful. So probably go and find yourself a Helen. See if you can find a, a more yeah. senior person um, to just, you know, and again, it doesn't have to be a, a formalized mentoring program, but just someone that you can reach out to and say, look, can we grab a coffee? You know, you don't have to make a big deal and bring HR and all that kind of thing. You just do just need somebody. You need a sounding board mm. and just finding that that person. And I know we've talked a lot here about female role models, but I've had some pretty good, pretty darn good male role models as well. Absolutely. Yep. No, absolutely. And I yep. think, again, you know, if, if they're embracing equity, which is a big one, and, and be really clear what your values are because you've got to stay yeah. true to your values. As soon as you start trying to be something you're not and move away from your values, you're going to be at dis-ease with yourself. And dis-ease, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, disease, that's when you're going to get chronic illnesses, et cetera, because you're not really being true to yourself and your values. So I think, you know, one job you could do is just really get your values and beliefs um, embedded with you early. And mm. keep sticking to those with whatever decision you make. That sort of they can then you you can use that as your guiding light a little mm. bit, as it were, sort of when you are feeling a little bit overwhelmed. I think that's really valuable wisdom. Thank you so much, Helen, and thank you so much for your time today. This has been fabulous. It's so good to learn about everybody's journeys and everybody's feedback. And you know what? We've had so many different um, perspectives on things that have all been so valuable. So I feel very grateful to have been able to speak with you uh, today. Thank you very much. That's my pleasure. I'm interested to know who your female role model is, though. Me? This is a hard thing, and I was asked again recently. (laughs) And I actually, I think it's a group of people. And it's a lot of different um, people and it's about, I'm very much, I think I'm quite multifaceted. That might sound a little bit with the ego, but I just think, yeah, there's a lot of parts that make up the whole. And I think a lot of them, especially in insolvency, I don't really have anybody who is exactly like me that sits sort of above me that I could follow. Um, So I found a lot of different role models in a lot of different areas. So, um, look, my mum's always been a really big role model for me. I always um, make a point to say that my mum had to quit her job when she got engaged to my dad and she would have loved to have kept working and she went back in the workforce after she had me, which was some time later. Um, And just sort of picking up and getting stuff done and getting on with it, she's been very good with that. My older sister as well is an absolute powerhouse and so I was really blessed to have very strong women around me um I've got uh, a fabulous mentor in Melbourne Victoria Namikos um she's a partner at McPherson Kelly lawyers she actually was at her own firm for many years before moving into McPherson Kelly and she is just a gun and I look at her and look at what she's done and that's very um empowering for me and I talk to her often and I miss her when I'm I'm not around um there but then there's all the people around me. Like, I love listening to what you're doing. I love listening to, you know, what Stace is doing. I love listening to what Radic is doing. And I think as far as that empowerment and, and building up um, and looking at where we go and sort of little steps, oh, well, you've done that so we can do that. And, you know, it's those little steps as well as those big jumps. Thank you very much for asking me that because um, I was totally not prepared and I'm thankful that I had an answer. Um, but, yeah, that's um, very nice of you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I think it was... 
it's always like this when you do podcasts. It always feels really one-sided and, you know, I, was, I want to sort of find out a bit more about you as well. But, yeah, no, I was that's, that's a strong female role model within your mum as well. Yeah, no, I think so. And I, I do think that it's very important um, at those early ages to have a community around you um, in terms of, you know, different people, as you said, not only females, but, you know, good male role models and how things work and how things can work in. And um, see, my dad was a businessman and he was a fabulous businessman and I learned you. If you go and listen to some of the other podcasts, you'll hear the stories and anecdotes I talk about my dad um, when he was a businessman as well. But my mum was very strong also. So I'm very blessed to have, um, yeah, really strong women around me. So, yeah, um, I, and I think it's important. And that's why I sort of, people I think often think, my God, Alice is everywhere. You can't get you know, rid of her. But I think it's important to sort of that show a presence and to show people that things can be done in a lot of different ways and bringing out stories from other wonderful women like yourself to show that, look, you know, there's a, so this might not work for you, but this might. You can take a little bit of this for that or you can take a little bit of this for that um, and, you know, try and grow as you can. So, no, you're right. It's, it's, um, it's brilliant. We're very lucky, aren't we, I think, in terms of actually being able to have those role models around us and I just hope that we're able to try and be those role models for others as well. Yeah, agreed. I think back to how those um, female partners were at the firms in the UK and they were mm. pretty much, you know, they, they decided not to have children, they were not married, they'd given everything up for their career and they were bitter and twisted and, and, and that was kind of the picture that I saw of female lawyers and now I'm seeing, mm. you know, people like yourself and other fantastic female lawyers and accountants and, and all sorts, yeah. and we, we can have it all. Yep, we can. We just need to figure out how. Um, yeah. But, you know, once you do, and you do things intentionally. So thank you very much again, Helen, and thank you to all our listeners today. Please make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our fabulous 2023 International Women's Day Showcase. Talk soon, and until then, be wise in business. SMB Wisdom is proudly sponsored by SMB Advisory. SMB Advisory is a specialist firm of chartered accountants dedicated to providing specialist insolvency services to financiers, advisors, directors and individuals. The team at SMB Advisory are a safe set of hands to talk through your options when things get tough or when you find yourself in a tricky business situation and you're not sure what's next. Call the team on 1800 762 238 or send a message through the website www.smbadvisory.com.au to talk through the next steps in your business journey.